Hello and welcome to Short Briefings on Long-Term Thinking. Thanks for joining us. I'm Malcolm Borthwick, Editor of Intellectual Capital at Bailey Gifford. Scientists and economists have long feared that rapid growth will overwhelm our finite resources and lead to our downfall. But we shouldn't fear it. Every generation underestimates our ability to adapt and to find new ideas. I'm joined by Li Qian, who is joint manager of the Positive Change Fund and the Keystone Positive Change Investment Trust, which is a new mandate for Bailey Gifford that is currently subject to shareholder approval. Li looks for firms at the forefront of innovation, trying to find these new ideas and create a more sustainable and inclusive world. But before we start the podcast, some important information. Please remember that as with all investments, your capital is at risk and your income is not guaranteed. And this podcast has been recorded during COVID-19. So Lee and I are both at home as opposed to in the usual Edinburgh studio. Lee, thanks for joining us. Let's start by taking a few steps back. Why is economic growth important? Hi, Malcolm. Uh, Very happy to be here today, um, even virtually. Um, So I think economic growth is hugely important because it's the primary reason why we have been benefiting from long-term improvements in our standard of living. Uh, And that's hugely important because it's helping to lift people out of poverty. It provides um, people with greater access to healthcare, education, and, and just generally increase the amount of freedom people have in to live and pursue the life they want. And I think it's something that I have experienced personally um, growing up in China. Um, so while I was born in China in the 1990s, uh, you know, China was still a very poor country back then. Around two-thirds of the population was still in poverty. Um, and I remember uh, you know, living in a flat where there's no central heating, uh, where you know, my parents' bedroom was also our living room. Um, so it wasn't a very glamorous lifestyle. But you know, what happened in China since then, uh, you know, as the country uh, abandoned state um, planning and allowed the market to have a greater role in the economy, you know, the, the country has experienced phenomenal economic growth um, and people got better uh, living standards, were able to afford um, you know, better things, better food, better health care. Um, and you know, fast forward to today, you know, less than 10% of China's population are living in poverty and the country is home to some of the most innovative companies in the world too. So I think that is just a great example of um, how economic growth can have a tremendously positive impact on people's life. And are there limits to economic growth? So I think this is a uh, very good question. Um, Certainly there have been a lot of um, people, academics and experts who have talked about the end of economic growth and why it can't be sustained forever. I think this line of thinking goes all the way back to an 18th century English economist called Thomas Robert Motis. And he wrote um, you know, a very important um, book called An Essay on the Principle of Population, where he argued that you know, the growth of human population um, 
in the long run will outstrip the ability of the Earth to provide food, and as a result, we will get、uh, starvation, famine,、uh, and conflict as people fight for limited resources. But what we have seen in the subsequent two centuries since、uh, Motes wrote his book is that you know, human population has increased、um, significantly,、um, economic growth has also increased, and at the same time,、um, poverty rate has declined. So that doesn't seem to be a conflict between. And the need to feed more people,、um, and the ability of the planet to provide for that, and I think part of the reason for that、um, goes back to the role of innovation. So Motis and his follower typically think that technology is stay constant, and there's no new innovation. But over the long term. What actually is the case is technology constantly improves, and existing technology become the building block of new technology, and with new innovations,、um, we are able to get resources、uh, more effectively than before. People historically feared that we will run out of energy, that we don't have sufficient amount of energy for a growing population to provide electricity. Um, to everyone, but we're seeing that with、uh, renewable power, with abundant solar and wind energy, which are becoming cheaper and cheaper as well,、uh, you know, all of that is able to provide for more and more people on the planet. Other areas where it's really interesting are healthcare as well. So, you know, although our life expectancy has increased. Diseases like the ones that the one we're living through right now is still very much with us, but there's also a range of innovations such as you know, gene sequencing, and、uh, that helps us to understand the cause of disease better and find new ways of treating them. I don't think there's necessarily a conflict between growth and sustainability, and the. The role, the importance of innovation,、um, cannot be underestimated in ensuring that、um, future growth can be done in a sustainable manner. You mentioned healthcare and innovation. Give me some examples of companies which are innovating. So, in healthcare, we're very excited by the improve improving understanding of. Biology at a cellular and genetic level, and there are a range of companies which are pushing our understanding of、um, biology.、Uh, one company that we are particularly excited about is called Tenex Genomic,、um, which makes single-cell、uh, analysis instruments that help scientists、um, increase the resolution by which they can examine biology. And really understand at a cellular level what is the cause of disease and how different cell functions, and so that is tremendously exciting.、Uh, we're also excited by companies that are coming out with new ways of treating diseases as well. A great example is Moderna,、uh, which is pushing forward the、um, therapeutics based on mRNA. 
And now this is a new modality of treating diseases which uh, didn't exist before, and it's proving extremely effective. And you know, the best example of that is the company's coronavirus vaccine, um, which is one of the first companies to get their vaccines approved. But what's interesting about Moderna is that its potential is so much bigger than just the vaccine. Do you want to tell me a little bit more about that, Lee? Yeah, absolutely. I think for Moderna, you know, vaccine is just the first stage of the business. They have uh, a number of other modalities which they are exploring, where they think that mRNA can also be you know, used and um, to come up with new treatments. And so, for example, they are working on cancer vaccines, uh, which could be opening new ways in which people uh, and doctors can treat cancers. Uh, and there are various other modalities and uh, treatments that Moderna can target with its mRNA um, technology. And you raised the point of innovation there, Lee. Um, one of the inspirations behind this podcast was a, a quote by the economist Paul Romer, which you referenced in a recent paper that you've just written. Um, and let me just go over that quote. Every generation has perceived the limits to growth that finite resources and undesirable side effects would pose if no new recipes or ideas were discovered. And every generation has underestimated the potential for finding new recipes and ideas. We consistently fail to grasp how many ideas remain to be discovered. Why is that? I think we human have a natural tendency to be a bit pessimistic, um, I think it's partly just the way our brain is wired through evolution. Uh, in the, our ancestors on the African plane, if they are not constantly watching out for danger, um, then they won't survive very long because there are other predators uh, hunting them down. So I think just over the subsequent generation, we have been trained to be you know, on the watch out for things that could go wrong. And as a result, we are just a bit more pessimistic and we always look at the world and think, okay, what could go wrong? Why things might not work out? And as a result, we are just uh, you know, underestimating on the true progress of society. I think the book um, Factfulness by the late Hans Rosling is a great example. He went around the world and surveyed thousands of people asking them about how do they think about the state of the world. Um, he asked them questions like whether poverty has declined or risen, whether people are getting more education today than before. And most people said things are getting worse. Um, most people said that you know poverty has increased when in fact that poverty has fallen significantly over the last few decades. So I think it's just you know, a nice example of the you know, the way our brain is wired make us think that you know, the world is um, you know, less, um, you know, the, the outcome of the world is less good than it actually is. And Bailey Gifford has recently been appointed as managers of the Keystone UK Equity Investment Trust. And this is still subject to shareholder approval. But how different is this trust or how different would it be from the open-ended fund that you currently manage, the Positive Change Fund? 
So our plan for the trust is that it will able to invest in private companies uh, and some smaller businesses. And we think this is uh, going to be a key differentiation compared to the open-ended funds. We know that from the work of our colleagues on the private companies team and some of our own research within positive change, that there are a significant number of private businesses which are having a positive impact on society and you know, building, growing and profitable businesses um, from that. And you know, those will be exactly the type of businesses which we want to invest in. So having an investment trust and have the ability to invest in private companies will increase our investment universe. And on the impact side, by investing in private companies, we are providing capital directly to companies and providing primary capital, which they can use to um, recruit people to invest in innovation and grow that business. So we believe the impact of our investment will be bigger as well. One of the questions I've asked a lot of people in this podcast recently is, what has the pandemic changed your mind about? I think the pandemic has been you know, clearly hugely devastating and by no means I want to kind of underplay the severity of the pandemic. Um, but, you know, if there is one silver lining that comes out of the pandemic, is I think it's catalyzing a change in behavior, uh, in people's attitude and in people's awareness of sustainability. And the simple fact is that this pandemic started because um, you know, people were uh, the foods that people were consuming didn't come from a very sustainable source. It was a uh, you know, wild animal in wet farm, and that's most likely the cause of this disease. So it immediately raised concerns around you know just the sustainability of our food supply. And we are seeing a number of companies working to address that. One of our most recent investments is a company called Beyond Meat, uh, which is providing plant-based alternative um, for for the meat consumer. So they are putting together um, plant-based ingredients and make them taste uh, just like meat with the similar aroma and texture um, to help people to you know, become and you know, switch away from meat uh, and consume less meat, uh, and that's great for sustainability. Have you tried one, Lee? Are you convinced? I, I have tried. I have tried more than one, actually. And so, you know, I'm a great fan of Beyond Meat, and I, I eat their um, burger pretty much, you know, uh, on a weekly basis. So probably a bit too much, um, but you know, it, it's it's fantastic. Apart from the foods uh, aspects, um, I think another aspect of the change in behavior that the pandemic has brought out is just our people's awareness of their relationship with nature uh, and also awareness of climate change and pollution. More awareness of climate change and pollution. That's got to be a positive thing, Lee, uh, and a good place to end the podcast. Thanks very much for joining us. Great. Thank you very much for having me as well. You can find our podcast short briefings on long-term thinking at bellygifford.com forward slash podcasts. 
and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify and TuneIn. And if you enjoy the podcast, please spread the word. And if you'd like to find out more about these thoughts and innovation, you can read his paper, Innovation, Why It's Crucial for Sustainability, which is on the Insights page of our website at baileygifford.com forward slash insights. And many thanks to Lord of the Arts for the music. The track we've used is called Horizon Effect, which was released on Permanent Vacation. And if you're listening at home, in your car, wherever you are, stay well. And we look forward to bringing you more insights in our next podcast. Thank you.